Aging Gracefully with Jim Flaherty, a journey of productive longevity and cheerful aging. Dive into an enlightening conversation with the accomplished author and motivational speaker, Jim Flaherty. A vibrant 88-year-old, Jim is a living testament of gracefully aging and productive longevity. He's penned two books on aging cheerfully and productively, inspiring countless individuals through his writing and speeches. In this interview, he uncovers his unique life perspectives, his reimagined golden rule for a fulfilling life, and his journey of publishing books in his 80s. Get a glimpse of his secret psychiatrist and the healthy lifestyle that keeps him going strong. Tune in for this illuminating chat. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a a three-times-a-week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Let me share with you a little bit about the guests that we have today. Jim Flaherty is a seasoned advertising writer and creative director who has authored four books and set up a luxury inn. As an 88-year-old motivational speaker, he discusses various life topics and maintains a youthful mindset. His creative portfolio includes a TV series, screenplay, and musicals. He lives in a unique art-filled residence in the Berkshire foothills. I am so pleased to welcome to the stage Mr. James. Hi, James. How are you? I'm fine. After that intro, I feel like I should tap dance onto the screen. <laughs> uh, well, I, 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 I would love that. <laughs> uh, well, I'm delighted to be here, April. Thank you so much. Yes. My you. pleasure. It, you know, James, you're, with your age and your vibrance, it's so exciting to have you here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. So let's get started. And would you please share with the audience a little bit more about you? 
Okay. I always say I'm 88 going on 58 because for instance, I mean, you're 88. Don't you really worry about, are you going to wake up on the right side of the grass tomorrow? <laughs> and the truth, I don't, I don't worry about that, you know, because I feel like every day, every day is an opportunity to greet life, to embrace life, to, to love, to give, to share. It's terrific. Anyway, a back a little bit of history. I was born and raised in Coral Gables, Florida, South Florida, before air conditioning. Hey, nobody had air conditioning. <laughs> and people said, how could you possibly live there? I said, we didn't know about air conditioning. Only movie theaters were air conditioned, not even restaurants. So I got somehow got through. My father died, and sadly, very when I was quite young. But I got through high school, got through college, and came to New York. Hey, my first big job. I took home $200 a month after taxes <laughs> living in New York City. That was 1957. Granted, it wasn't quite as expensive then as it is now, but <laughs> it was not easy. I remember a quarter was a quarter, and I used to think, long and hard about how I would spend that quarter. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. But I worked hard and I, I embraced a quip from, of all people, Noel Coward, the, the English wit and wag, who said a great line years ago that I totally embraced, work is more fun than fun. And I loved, I loved being in New York and working and learning something. And I worked hard and by damn, by age 33, I was in my first corner office job in New York City. By wow. then I had a wife and two children, but <laughs> okay. Well, Talk you know, I, I, I find that incredible. I love that, that saying that work is more fun than fun. And it's a concept that not many people embrace or even think about. So I think that's great that you have already brought that into the picture. And I want to talk about your experience as when you were younger, because it's so difficult for us to even envision that now because we didn't live it. And so I enjoy so much bringing in past stories of what life in the world was like, where air conditioning was in the movie theaters, and you sure as heck wanted to go see a movie back then, didn't you? Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. I, in many respects, I, I don't know. I in, in many respects, I think life perhaps, not, I won't say better, but life without technology did have some values. When you were speaking to your children, they were not looking at their cell phones. People walked down the street and would look at you rather than if you walk down the street in New York, it really is comical. Everybody's walking like this, looking at cell phones, not looking where they're going, but looking at their cell phone and are on a subway or on a train. On the other hand, I look back in time when I was living in Larchmont, New York, where we raised the children and I commuted. I got on a train every morning and all of us would have a newspaper folded into a quarter page. It was called the commuter fold. So we couldn't bump each other reading the paper. So <laughs> cell phones replaced uh, newspapers. But it, I don't know what, looking back at, at life, it really didn't bother me. I went through, through four years of college with a standard royal typewriter, a 20 pound typewriter. There were no electric portables, but you lived with what you had and you accepted mm. that. And it was, it was good that sometimes for us, it was a little harder adopting and realizing and embracing technology. But I have, I live on my computer. It's very important to me. I'm a writer. I can't imagine. I remember when they introduced the IBM Selectric, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. Before <laughs> writing as a copywriter, you had five sheets with carbon paper. If you made a mistake, you had to do five sheets. It was, it was a, a mess, but hey, it's okay. But going back to work is more fun than fun, people say to me, well, come on, uh, Flaherty. You, you could float around a pool all day with a margarita in your hand. I said, yes, I've done that. But for 20 minutes, it's okay. And after that, then what? Then what? Yeah. I wasn't born to float around a pool. I was born <laughs> to produce something, to do something, mm. to know that there's a reason. Reason for, Who was it? A great, a great saying. Benjamin Franklin said, if you if you can't write something interesting, then do something interesting enough to write about. Yes, <laughs> that's that's a great way to to think about life too. Well, and it, let's bring this it. in, James. That these this is the four books that you've created yeah. and written in your eighties. Yeah, I, great fun. That was the first. The first one was the um, this one, the role of a lifetime. Um, which, which, which uh, I could, let's say, to give you the elevator pitch for it. It's a modern day My Fair Lady. It's a contemporary version of, of My Fair Lady, uh, mm -hmm. which I didn't think of it at the time when I was writing that. It's about a woman who's a nobody from nowhere who reinvents herself and has a, a princely life. Uh, and the next novel was about another woman and uh, this cover by the way is a painting of my younger daughter when she was in college 
My, my, da my daughters now, my babies are 61 and 63 years old. <laughs> you, know, mm. you realize your age when your children are in their 60s. I say, I must have been 12 when you were born because I can't possibly have children. <laughs> I wrote about women because I, I grew up in the advertising business, which was one of the first businesses to say, hey, she's as smart no she's smarter than he is let's put her in the corner office so i grew i i kind of grew up professionally around smart beautiful talented women and i liked women better as buddies as friends <laughs> to tell the truth because they were they were smarter that's why i i think it would be very nice if we had a woman president but that's another subject i won't go into that today <laughs> Well, I think it's beautiful that your your books really uh, revolve around the things that you're passionate about. And, you know, James, you have sent me some email correspondence back and forth and something that I really appreciated about you. And I learned something about myself because I'm just going to be flat out honest, Jim. Okay, good. When I first <laughs> received one of your emails and the length of it, was so long. And I looked at it and I'm like, my gosh, I don't have time to read this. What is this? Who does that? And and I told my husband about it too. And I said, you know, Manly, I realized after I read this how beautiful it is and how much it, it brought me back to the moment of reflection and how I could really use some patience and some you, you know, that's you connecting with me. The way that you write to people in your correspondence is really beautiful. You were telling me about your day and the things that you do and how you live life. And for me to dismiss that is, is really not only devaluing something that I could really learn, but, but there, there's just so much there that, that is pertinent for me on my journey. And it's, it's just you sharing yourself. So I want to thank you for that and just be very clear that that is how I, I initially felt. And I think that so many of us mm. in this day and age get that way. Like you talked about you nowadays, you walk on the street and somebody is staring right at their phone. It's amazing that we don't have more accidents and we do have a lot of accidents because of it, but it's a right. different time. And now that we have these things and this is the way life is, how do you navigate that? And how do you bring in the value of connecting with one another? Well, thank you so much for those words, April. You, you're very sweet. I, I really appreciate it. And I feel it here. That's, that's mm. terrific. Just last night, I watched that wonderful person, Chris Anderson, who is the chief of TED Talks, you know, I gave a TEDx talk last month in a in a suburb of Seattle, but he did a whole. Congratulations, by the thank, way. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I, was very, I was very pleased, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little later. What what I talked about, which was about helping elders, elders who are retreating from life, helping them come back to life, to get off their duff and to live. Um, at any rate, last night, uh, this Chris Anderson was talking about infectious generosity. 
Mm. The, the power of being generous and how something that I've lectured about in the past, but I hadn't heard somebody else say it in a, uh, in a major show. He said last night, the power of small gestures, of smiling at somebody who maybe doesn't get a smile. That nice lady who's bagging your groceries in the grocery store. It's not a, a job full of wonderful emotional perks. Yeah. But if, if you say to her, aren't you sweet putting all the frozen goods in one bag? And thank you. And I appreciate it. She will smile back at you thinking, mm -hmm. my God, nobody's ever said anything nice to me. And, and in turn, you will leave and she'll smile to the next person. Yes. So an act of goodness and of generosity yeah. carries on. It gets magnified, you know, and it's, it's very, very important. Opening a door for somebody, carrying a package. Uh, they seem like silly little dumb things, but they, they can be very helpful, you know, to help people to make an act to every day of your life to say, I wonder who I can help today, who I should telephone who's probably lonely mm. or send a note to if you check, just pick one even one person a day you you will you will feel better and you're going to do something that you're not expecting anything in return you're just making an act of being a good human being and being generous mm. about it okay? and what did you call it infectious generosity that's what they called it yeah i, I did not that. name that but that was the name of the show infectious generosity it's and beautiful. You know, it's, it's timeless it's it, those the, things will never go away they oh, will no. never be the the way that we engage with with other humans <laughs> you know having that that beautiful uh infectious generosity is, okay. is not going to go away and it's something that really bonds and connects us in the greatest way uh, absolutely and it it's it, it's it, it's buying a coffee, you're buying a coffee and you see somebody behind you and you don't know and say, and, and their coffee is on me. You know, that is so funny, Jim, that you bring that up because who was it? Uh, was it Jim? Oh, goodness. Now I'm forgetting. There was another guest on the show that said the exact same thing. And so I've, I, that must be circulating around a little yeah, it bit. Is. It's, it, those are simple little acts and they, they yeah. get carried on. You make, you make somebody, somebody's day, somebody, somebody that maybe is sitting there thinking, Oh, I've got to face another day. In fact, I'm going to back up now for a minute because you said what, what gives me or what gave me this very positive point of view. I was very fortunate. Uh, everybody, has, everybody has a mother. <laughs> I, I suspect practically everyone has a mother, and everybody has different relationships with their mother. Mine was brilliant. Besides the fact that she was widowed, that the man she absolutely adored died very suddenly. Mm. Uh, but she raised me with a lot of smart, and I'll I'll share some of it with you. Uh, one was. I was raised with the old golden rule, which started back before Confucius. They, it was worded differently, but then it had evolved to a very awkward set of words. But the golden rule, as we know it in this country, was do unto others as you would have others do unto you, which mm -hmm. is a lovely idea. 
but you lay that on a four or five year old and they'll go, huh? What? <laughs> so I rewrote it as I had children, for, both for myself and for my children. Just five words. Uh, a, a couple of them were four letter words. Somebody said, that's typical of you, Flaherty. And I said, there are a lot of good four letter words. Help, save, love, pray. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. and, but my five, my golden rule is you get what you give. And mm. I explain that by saying, if you give a warm hug, if you give a sympathetic ear, if you give a meaningful smile, uh, a generous pocket, it comes back to you. Absolutely. If all you do is bitch and complain and demand and argue, and that also comes back and bites you, you know where, somewhere behind you. So it, I say life, if you condense it all and say, give good, get good. Mm. It's, it's a nice, nice way to, to live and an easy way to live. It really is. Um, what was the other great lesson from my mother? Well, that's a really big one because it's a big one. It's a biggie. And I, it's, live, it's I love it. Well, let's talk about it just for a moment, if we if we may, because Jim, you know, now we have what's incredible. I what you know the, when we talk about how we have progressed in the days and age, and you know all of the things that come to light in the science, and now we have science to really back that uh, that simple concept. Right. Where, right. where, you know, now the, the hot thing is we, we do manifest the things that we put out there and it's the same thing. It's the same concept that we have known for a long, long, oh, long, maybe since the dawn of time. Okay. I don't know. And, but, but it is like you mentioned, it's something said differently and everything is just really recycled and said differently, but there are those universal truths. Yes, absolutely. I mean, but granted, we live in a, in a very convoluted world. There is too much news. <laughs> we know too much too soon. <laughs> you know, I, I laugh. Uh, hurricanes are not funny, especially when they're horrible ones that rip cities apart. But I grew up in an era of many, many hurricanes in South Florida. We didn't have television to tell us for five days ahead that a storm was coming. We had the radio and they'd say, maybe there's a good possibility that tomorrow we may have a hurricane. I actually remember announcers on the radio saying, homeowners, it's time right now to go out and roll up your canvas awnings because in a few hours you won't have any awnings left. <laughs> so, and mother would have bought sterno to keep things hot. And we would have filled all the pots and pans in the tub with water to flush the toilet. And, and she would buy a block of dry ice to put in the freezer. We had the first freezer in the block. And <laughs> we knew that we were good. There would be no school for three days, no electricity for three days. <laughs> it was no big deal. We were prepared for it. But it, it's funny because now... You sit there with your TV and you know for five days. And on top of that, you're living with the horrors of 
Ukraine and the horrors of Israel mm. and Hamas. And it's there's so yeah. much. And I feel sorry for the younger generation with all of the social media. It's a lot. And people trying to influence them the wrong way. Mm. It's very, very difficult. I was so grateful that my children being the age that they are, they were raised without a cell phone. So, because, you know, they, they laughed now. I said, you know, I would have smacked you because when I talked to you, you were looking at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely yeah. different. It's, definitely it's, different. It's nuts. It's a, it's a, it's a nutty world, but the world can't, you know, it, all those dumb sayings you've heard, you know, smile and the world smiles with you. That's true. Mm -hmm. If you smile at people, if you say, if somebody opens a door, you say, well, thank you. Aren't you nice? They are going to smile back at you and mm -hmm. they'll, and they'll carry that niceness to their next yeah. confrontation or mix with people. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, you know, Jim, I, I feel like so much of of how, you know, whatever age that we're in and the way that we navigate that, it, it, we can, I think that history is just vitally important for us to be able to reflect from, to learn from, to grow from, to utilize those experiences and, and kind of morph them into the, the things that we are now creating because the world goes at such a fast evolving pace. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you know, this is why the Wellness Driven Life Show is born, is here, and it is going out into the universe because, you know, when we talk about so much information coming in and whether it's good or bad, negative, who, who knows what, you know, and uh, whether whatever people view it as negative or positive, but regardless, there is great information that is being put out into the world. And that is why we're here. So mm -hmm. what is your experiences with that through all of these years that you have been on this earth? How do you view uh, that aspect of how fast the world is evolving and what is your take on that? What are your hopes and desires and how do you view it? Well, as I've said earlier, with each decade, especially in these last three decades, with the advent of, advent of more and more technology in our lives, you have to learn to live with that technology and decide whether or not it's going to enhance your life or hurt your life and how to use it properly. You know, one of the things I've discussed with my own daughters is, you know, what an absolute blessing we've had as Americans. That if you think about it, we've never had to, other than the, the dreadful civil war of back in that, in that period, but we've never had to live in a war. We've never had to live through what Europe lived through to, mm. live, to go through World War II or World War I and to see neighborhoods, our own neighborhoods destroyed. We've not had to live with tragedy, you know. So mm. I, I think if people could learn, one, to be grateful for the life we've lived and be grateful for what they've learned and try to 
determine how they can make things better, not worse, not to be constantly downgrading other people to look for the good in everyone rather than the faults mm. in everyone. You know, yeah. it, it's, I love that. You have a very, you're, what you're saying is bringing in that very positive, grateful uh, presence into the world, regardless yeah. of what is happening around you. And because the world does have horrible things that happen and, and life mm -hmm. is that right where, where things are not easy. And, and even though showing up with that grateful mind and heart is really making the biggest impact. It, it, it's, it's crucial. I mean, otherwise, if you really concentrate on all of the badness in the world, you won't, you won't get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the golden rule, right? You, you, go, you go back you to the golden rule. I, I have a, another one. Uh, this is another one from my dear late, my late great mother, who was, she was a really a terrific dame. <laughs> she, we'd say really close, close friends up to her death at, at age 85. I mean, we, we went to all the most serious plays in New York. We spent three, at least three months a year under the same roof. She was living in Florida. I was in New York, but we, we and I would call her every day at five o'clock, the last five years of her life, five o'clock say, what's up, what's up today, Ma? <laughs> and we'd talk, it was great. But she taught me another one that I still do. She said, every morning of your life, you're going to have to confront your biggest critic your biggest enemy, the highest wall you have to hurdle. It's that person in your bathroom mirror. And you could look at that person every morning and go, good God, another day. Or smile bravely and cheerfully and say, good God, another day. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds a little corny, but I do that. I do that sometimes I, before I get to the mirror, but I say, God, another day, another opportunity to be present, to give, to share, to participate, to be, to be present, you know, yeah. to live for the, this moment. Right now I'm, I'm living, I'm, I'm embracing April Chavez and, and happy as hell to be here. <laughs> you know, I, isn't this great? I mean, oh, it is great. Jim, that is brilliant advice that you are given. And it makes so much sense to me why you are where you're at in the world, the age that you're at, the things that you've done, all of the creations that you've made and the way that you show up so uh, beautifully and energetic that, you know, this is the things that really make a big difference. And so simple, so simple, the golden rule and to to face your own critic in the bathroom mirror in, every in, single morning. In, my, <laughs> in my, my most recent book, uh, Embrace Your Age, You Could Be Better Than Ever. <laughs> There's actually one, one uh, chapter that said, do you know where your nearest uh, psychoanalyst is? It's your bathroom mirror. <laughs> because <laughs> I say to people, learn, learn to talk to that person in the mirror. And say, did, mm. how did I do today? <laughs> you know, and very often that person will say, I wasn't really thrilled with your behavior tonight. <laughs> you know, and you have to analyze it and sell, say, okay, 
fine. I realized I didn't have to say, why don't you go to AA and watch Weight Watchers? <laughs> you know, just somebody, you know, <laughs> that tried, tried to be a, a little more generous uh, with your attitude toward people. But uh, I think, I don't know. I, I, I do something also in, in the speeches to groups, which I find interesting uh, to see the reaction of people. I say, right, right this very moment as we are speaking, April, hey, I'll make it just to you. At this very moment, you are the oldest you've ever been, right? I am. And, and you're the youngest you'll ever be. So, <laughs> and I am. what are we going to do the rest of the day, <laughs> the rest of the week, the rest of the month, the rest of your life? Uh, I mean, let's, let's, let's have a plan, you know, and yeah. I, I think for people for, to be, as you say, the, to be driven, living, <laughs> living and driven. driven and to living well. Yes. It, you have to have some discipline in your life. I say to everybody, it's very healthy at night if you sit down and make a list of the six or seven things you really would like to do tomorrow that you think are priority and make the list and either put it on wherever you know you're going to start your day, either at the bathroom sink or on the keys to your computer and try to get to those right away and check them off so you get them done. I'm, I get, I'm, I, I get a little more maniacal. This is my schedule and every, every line is, is a date. So this is about two weeks of my life and it has in it everything, including today's podcast. And tomorrow I've got to drive into Connecticut. I had, uh, I had some uh, hand surgery a, a couple weeks ago and mm. she's going to go take out the stitches tomorrow. But um, I don't know. <laughs> life, life is such, is such a gift to us. The idea that we are in this world that we're allowed to get up and hear, taste, see, touch, sense, smell. I mean, we, the fact that so many people say, no, I, I don't want to do anything. I'm not going to leave my house. I'm going to do, especially elders living alone, which is a problem. In fact, if you don't mind, I'll talk about that for a minute because it's one of those things that is always on my head. Of course. I, I said in speeches, you know, it's, I, I, I also worn a t-shirt that says, it's very true. Oh, uh, growing old isn't for sissies. <laughs> and, and I say, yeah, because it's true. You are as old as you think. Mm -hmm. And if you think old, you get old. Yeah. And that really bugs the hell out of me when I see mm -hmm. once vibrant people vegging out, binging on too much TV dramas and dramas instead of joining a, a writer's group, yeah. taking a painting class, inviting somebody to give a group to teach us cooking lessons once a week, going to church. Yeah. Volunteering. Volunteering. I mean, God, there's so much you can do rather than becoming a hermit. Well, you Jim, know? you're such a beautiful expression of living 
of life and your smile is is just incredible. And you and I have talked a little bit about the the blue zones and centenarians oh, yeah. and what that looks like and the things that you're describing of how you you wish so much that that people were uh, were doing and living is is involving a lot of those concepts and it is the volunteering and it is the community and how are you engaging with life and with others with yourself it, it all of those studies the blue zones and i happen to know dan butner very well who wrote all the blue zones books and he's a wonderful wonderful guy he's he's a kid he's like 63 <laughs> and an absolutely beautiful man uh and he says that one of the reasons that you have so many centenarians in these places is there are the connections that they have in life. It is mm -hmm. having a society around them, especially if you can have a multi-generational society. It's quite good. You know, I, I love the fact that I have, I have friends in their eighties, obviously, and a lot of friends in their seventies and a lot of friends in their sixties and fifties and forties. You know, and I go to workshops and there are certain books that people can read. I mean, to read something like um, there's a book out called The Happy Life by Dr. Robert Waldinger, which is about an 85 year study of human adult behavior of very wealthy people and very poor people. And they had the same degree of happiness in both in both groups. And it was because of satisfaction with their work with their mate with the place they lived the connections they have it really came down to connections as to whether or not you were going to live a long time and the mm. rest of it you must be disciplined about how you take care of yourself i mean i get up around seven every morning get up to sit do some deep breathing i think of who i can help today although i've probably written it on my <laughs> my nightly list that i make and I, I go in, I have my breakfast, which is all fruit, all cut up fruit with pureed apples on top of it. No bread. Go down to the pool. I have a pool in my house, granted. That's being spoiled, but it's something I've done for myself. And I do 30 minutes of serious exercise in the pool every morning and come up and shower, get all cleaned up for the day and work. And then I only have one other meal. I have a big full dinner around 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And those two meals a day, along with my vitamins and all the different things that I take, I'm fine. I'm healthy. I just had my physical. The doctor said, you're my most boring patient. Said, <laughs> at 88, at 88, there's nothing wrong with me. Oh, so he said, boring. He said, he, said, he, said, he said, can you afford to live to 105? I said, it could be a problem. <laughs> My daughters say always with a touch of sarcasm. I wonder why they're sarcastic living with me all these years. Mm. Kelly, Kelly, my elder will say, daddy, dear, you can always come live with me. And I said, I'd rather take gas. <laughs> well, you have, you bring a very important thing to the table here, Jim is, can you afford to live to the length because you know we we the the lifespan is changing it's and 
older it, and older. It is. And so what does that mean for people to transition into what? And that is definitely starting to come to the forefront and we're starting to learn how to navigate that. And what does that look like? Because, you know, working at the the same location, you know, for, for 30 to 50 years, you know, is that something that makes sense? And does that really uh, help us with, with living our best lives? It may or may not, I don't know, but we're starting to reflect on that. And that is something that you're doing now. You're, you're learning how to navigate that. What does it look like because I'm doing so well? And so what do I do with that? And so you're creating these books and writing, and that is something you're doing with your energy and the stage speaking and being here on the show, really sharing yourself and your life with others. Yeah. And I, 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 it's funny. I, 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 it's terrible to still be ambitious. I would love to have an agent, a good literary agent, because I've created a TV series that I honestly believe could run for 10 years and, and a, a screenplay that I would like a producer director to read, because I think that it, it is interesting. It's a dark comedy. It would be interesting and worthwhile. I mean, you have to have something. You have to have a goal. Maybe it's just a dream, but it, it's a dream with tentacles. <laughs> I mean, it's going to reach out to somebody. And 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 I like to I like to write something that has meaning to people. I like to write books that people enjoy meeting the characters that they learn something about maybe some foreign port or they learn something about the high life in New York or, or in my books on, on the aging that they learn that, Holy God, that's me. I've been doing that. And I'm going to stop doing that because I want to be more positive and I want to get out there and I want to feel more like getting up every day and saying, wow, here I am. Watch out world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Jim, you have been fabulous to be on the show. I, I feel so blessed and honored to have you here with us today. Thank you so much oh, for sharing your sweet. wisdom and your insight with us here today on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience today? Oh, my my goodness. I uh, Not really. I, just, I, want every, I want everyone to look at at life as a gift. It really is. The, the Just the very act of waking up in the morning and saying, wow, I can another day to be here. I, I actually wrote down my whole life. I invite everybody to do it as an exercise. If you could write down who you are and what you represent and where you want to be in six words, six words, right? And here are my six words. I am present, living, giving, loving. And I have it taped to the bottom of my monitor so that I have to see it all day, every day to remind myself that that's what I want to be. I love that. <laughs> Six words. Six words. Very, very hard. And I'm like Mishner, the great author who yeah. said, I can't say hello in six pages. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think it's, I, I think it's lovely. Again, thank you so much. Incredibly honored oh, to have you, you here, sir. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.
beautiful human being. Well, everyone, I want to make sure that you know how to find this beautiful soul, www.jamesbflaherty.com. And I hope I said that right. You it's said a, perfectly. Thank you. Awesome. I, I love that. It is a beautiful last name and I have a lot of them. So I, I love when I am able to say it right. Please visit his website and all the things that he's creating, his books that he is creating in the world. And, you know, I would rather read and and watch something like you're talking about creating these these shows and plays into the world. I would rather have that from somebody who has had the wisdom and the life that you have. So make sure to to visit his site, check him out. It's also going to be in the description below. And to all of my guests, if the show wouldn't be possible without you. So we are so grateful to you more than you know. You're more welcome than you know. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Jim. Goodbye for now. And we will see you next time.